Praise Sports Network. We have the Nate Kilbert program coming your way from the Davey Whitney Arena here at Alcorn State University, where we have two more home games left on this floor coming up this weekend as the Texas teams come in. A lot to play for, a lot at stake for the Braves and for the Lady Braves. Lady Braves will take center stage first as they take on the Texas teams. Prairie View will roll in here, and then Texas Southern on Monday. Senior Day is coming up, so we'll talk about that as well. Lady Braves played on Saturday against Jackson State. We'll talk about that one a little bit and kind of put it behind us. That was a tough loss for the Lady Braves, obviously, uh, other than the first three and a half minutes. So we'll talk about that with Nate Kilbert on the Nate Kilbert program. We'll get it started after this 30-second timeout here on the Braves Sports Network. University. We have the Nate Kilbert program here from the beautiful campus. Glad you can join us. I'm Charles Edmonds with Braves, Lady Braves head coach Nate Kilbert. We'll talk about the Lady Braves Jackson State contest. We'll talk about Texas Southern and Prairie View, the final two home games on this floor in this arena. You know, obviously a different format the last few years. It used to be the top four teams would have a tournament game here. Not the case. All games in Birmingham. The Lady Braves trying to get to Birmingham. The tournament started today. They would be there as the 8th seed, but have to win some more games to lock up a spot in the top eight. So we'll talk about Lady Braves basketball against Jackson State, and we'll look ahead to Texas Southern and Prairie View. Give us a call at 601-877-6595. You can text a question, 601-301-2611, and you can tweet a question, Tall Man Radio. We'll talk about the week that was Lady Braves basketball. Had a bye week uh, yesterday, and now you've got the home games against Texas Southern and Prairie View. Then you go to Valley and Pine Bluff. Valley next Thursday, Pine Bluff next Saturday. And hopefully for the Lady Braves, we're confident Lady Braves will head to Birmingham. So we'll talk all about that, the scenarios, the standings, and we'll talk about Jackson State. We'll get to it coming up after this one-minute timeout here on the Braves Sports Network. Mr. D's is a proud supporter of WPOL 91.7 FM. Attention, 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 Old Corn family. Mr. D's is back open on the Old Corn stretch, and they're waiting for you to come get something good to eat like that Mr. D's famous fried chicken. That's the chicken that will make you slap somebody. Ooh, ooh, good. The best chicken in town. At Mr. D's, you'll find wings, tenders, salads, sandwiches, and sub, plus much, much more. You'll find Mr. D's at 2342 Highway 552 on the Old Corn Stretch in Lorman, Mississippi. For more information, 769-215-9698 or go to www.toastabs.com forward slash Mr. D's Fried Chicken. The operation hours are Monday through Saturdays, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Derek and staff are waiting on you. And Mr. D's Fried Chicken would like to remind everyone to please, please be safe. No distracted driving, especially no texting and driving, period. Mr. D's as a proud supporter of WPRL 91.7 FM. Welcome back to the Nate Kilbert program here from the Davey O. Whitney Arena. Glad you can join us here on the Braves Sports Network, 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org in the Braves WPRL Facebook page, WPRL. Glad you can join us here on this Tuesday, which usually uh, is an off day, normally on the usual rotation on Saturday, Monday, but because the Braves were off yesterday, back in the saddle again, normally they're off today on a regular Saturday, Monday rotation, but since they did not play yesterday, back in the saddle getting ready for the Texas swing and just four games left in the regular season 
Texas Southern, Prairie View, Mississippi Valley, and UAPB. As the Lady Braves try to qualify for the top eight right now. They are the eighth seed and a tie with Grambling for eighth place. Lady Braves have the tiebreaker by virtue of their win over Grambling. And uh, Grambling's got a tough road to hold. The Lady Braves have a couple of teams coming in here that are fighting, obviously Prairie View fighting to climb up in the standings. And for Vernette Skeet and the Lady Tigers of Texas Southern, a pesky team that uh, that has played us tough the first go-round. Of course, they come here as Vernette Skeet played her college basketball here at Alcorn, coming back to the Whitney Arena. So she'll be fired up. We, we know that. And the Lady Braves will take on Texas Southern um, next Monday. That game will be on HBCU Go. Both games will be, as a matter of fact. And Prairie View coming up on Saturday as Sandy Pugh's ball club rolls in here. So the Lady Braves took on Jackson State this past Saturday and to talk about it and kind of put it in the rearview mirror is Lady Braves head coach uh, Nate Kilbert. Coach, how you doing, sir? Doing pretty good, Charles. What about yourself? Oh, I'm doing well, doing well. Down the stretch where we come, I'm just I'm always amazed at how quickly basketball season rolls along. I mean, I remember the UAB game, the ULM game, uh, games here against UNO, Central Arkansas. Remember those games like it was yesterday. It's already the regular season, just four games left. I don't know which goes faster, football season or basketball season, but already we're in the final stages of the regular season in basketball. There's no question about that, Charles. It's, it, time shows fly when you're having fun. <laughs> and, and they mean that when they say that. <laughs> Yeah, are, are you having fun? I mean, because this it's tough right now. I mean, the Jackson State game was tough. We'll, we'll get into that. But the fun of it, I mean, we would love in a perfect world for us to be kind of fine-tuning and getting ready for the tournament, trying to move up in the standings, trying to play your best basketball, getting ready for March. But it's it's been it's been tough sledding. How fun has it or has it not been fun at times? Well, my, my thing is when it stopped being fun, I'm, I'm going to stop doing it. I mean, the fun part's got to be the dealing with the big loss against Jack State. You got to be able to deal with that. So that's all part of basketball. You know, the fun part is being in the crunches and you know dealing with trying to prepare for purview after a big loss uh, to Jackson State. Trying to refocus your team. All of that stuff plays into the fun part of it. You know what I mean? You know, it might not be fun that you lose. No, of course that's not. But just the game itself. You know, the 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 thought of having the opportunity to go to the tournament, how important these next four games are, that's fun. You know what I mean? And whenever I get to the point where I'm not having fun doing that, thinking about that, I need to do something else. And I'm having a I'm having a ball right now because I know it's my job to get my team ready. Can I do it? I believe I can. So that's that's what that's what makes the game so fun right there. It's a, it's definitely a challenge, and uh, no one said it was going to be easy. No one said that it was going to be a, a piece of cake trying to get to where you want to be. Is this kind of what you, in, not saying in the eighth seed where you're just fighting to get in the tournament, I thought, based on what I saw in non-conference, I thought we would be clearly in, in good shape. But it's been tough. We've had some tough losses. We've had some tough injuries. Trying to fight through all of that and, and trying to play your best basketball, which – as Landon Bussey has said, and I'm sure you would agree, you going into late February and we're approaching that into March, you want to be playing your best. Jackson State was not that, but you have a chance here at home to get back on track. Well, there's no question about that, Charles, but, but I look at the game like this. Uh, if you ain't in first place, you get in the tournament, it's, uh, whatever, whatever place you get is just as good if it's not first. Because first place is the place that you want to be in because that means you won the regular season. You know, now that you get into the tournament, because I don't feel like there's anybody in the tournament that we fear. You know, we feel like we if, if we do the right thing, we make shots and we take care of the ball, we do all those things that all corn late break, you know, that we do. I think we got a chance to beat anybody. But, you know, when you don't shoot the ball, well, you know, you don't take care of the ball, anybody can beat you. So, you know, the fact that we're getting into – got an opportunity here to get into the tournament, I think that's, that's huge for us because we could be we could be in 12th place and not have that opportunity. You know, do we feel like we're better than an HC? Uh, absolutely. But, we you know, with all the things that goes on along the way with injuries and, you know, and you're not knowing – not having a – Certain kids every game, you know, not not shooting the ball well. Kids playing with nagging injuries, all that stuff plays into you know how good your team's going to be. We didn't have these nagging injuries in the be in the beginning in the non-conference. All our kids was healthy. Now we're going through a, a a process where we having a lot of nagging injuries. You know, Kiara Henderson didn't play, and people don't realize how important Kiara Henderson is to what we like to do. 
how important Neil was to what we like to do. We like to press. Those are two of our fastest kids. So we was, we was kind of handicapped against Jackson State to trying to press them. You know, that team we had, that's not a pressing team. When we got Henderson in the game, uh, we can we can make some adjustments because that means we take one of our slower people out. But, you know, I, we wanted to control the tempo of that game. In order to control the tempo of that game, you have to sh- make shots. You know, you have to be able to make shots. You have to take care of the ball. You have to rebound the ball. And we didn't do any of those things well. So it's hard to control the tempo of the game when you don't do those things well. Well, let's look at the Jackson State game, Coach. It was a 10-point game here on this floor to start the season. But then it was obviously 81-49. And I thought we got off to a really good start the first three and a half minutes. We were up 9-4. Forced Coach Reed to call an early timeout. I don't know how often she's done that during conference play because usually they start fast and go faster. But uh, Tajanae Wright was knocking down some shots early on. Um, so t- talk about the start to that game. We we're up 9-4. We forced them to call a timeout. You know, we we're flying around knocking down shots. You know, just talk about the start of the game. Now, actually, I, I think we, sh- we-, we could have been up much more than that. We missed some opportunities to, to, to get a big lead on them in the beginning. I thought we did a good job of executing our offense. Because what you like to do against Jackson State is when you're in the half court, you don't like to play half court basketball with them, but when you're in the half court, you want them to play defense for 25 seconds. You know, that's that's what you want to make them do. You want to make them play defense for 25 seconds. You don't want to get to taking no quick shots against them. Because with our offense, we know we're going to get good looks. It's just a matter of whether we're going to make them or not. So I thought our kids did a real good job of running our offense in the beginning. And, and Janae was kind of on fire a little bit. She was making the majority of her shots and stuff. So, uh, But I thought uh, we did a good job of, of, of getting the right looks, getting the ball in the spots that we wanted to get it in. We actually had a couple shots that we missed I thought we was going to make, and I thought we was just doing a real good job. Like for the first uh, eight minutes, eight and a half minutes of, of the first quarter, I thought we did a real good job. And, and, and closing quarters again, talking about closing quarters again, and we did not close that quarter well, you know. And those are the, some, of the, some of the problems that we've been having as a ball club is not closing quarters, not closing halves. And we've been talking about that for a long time now, and we just have to get to the point where we're getting better at that. And right now we're not where we need to be when it comes to closing quarters. Well, we were up 9-4, to four, and then they went on a 15-4 run over the last 6-39 where did the tide start to turn? What play or plays just kind of stemmed the tide and turned it in their favor as they finished that first quarter strong? Well, I think a lot of things came into play because really I thought our kids were getting fouled a lot, on, especially when they was trying to run our system and, and bring the ball up. Anytime you see a person get the ball goes up in the air, that probably means that they got hit on their arm or something because normally if you hit ball, ball going to the floor. And I saw a lot of them when I watched film today. I saw the same thing. And, I, you know, I always ask my kids, I say, before I argue with the referee, uh, did, did you get fouled? You know, and they was telling me they got fouled. And I like for them to be honest with me on that because I don't want to be arguing a, a point that I, and I know I'm wrong on. You know what I mean? And I just saw a lot of that. And, and I know that's traffic. But the same traffic was happening on the other end, and they was getting the call. And that's 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 the part, point that I didn't like with the officiating, that I, I felt like, you know, they was giving them. And they're a much bigger team than we are. They should be a much stronger team than we are. So, you know, if you calling that foul on that end, I would like I would like to have it on my end. You know, and I, and I stressed that to the official because I thought they got away with a lot of that. You know, did it did it cost us the game? Did it cost us to, you know, to, to lose the game, probably not, but it, it helped them to be able to, to pull away from us, you know, because I thought the way they would allow them to be physical and was was not allowing us to be that way. And I think they do that. I think officials do that simply because they are bigger. They they are a physical team. We are a finesse team. So when we do that, we hit you on the hand and do that kind of stuff. That's a foul on us. And when they do it, they, they just being physical. And that's what I don't like about when uh, when officials start calling the game according to the way teams like to play. We like to play by the rule. And the rules say uh, a freedom of movement. That's the way we like to play by it because that's what we teach our kids. And then you, you see another team like Alabama State is physical. Jackson, is, they want to be physical. They want to touch you a lot. You know, and the rules say you can't do that. You know, And that's why I, be, I seem like I'd be in a constant argument with the officials about that you know if, if, if we're going to play against what the rules say just tell me so we can play that way too how i, I don't you, you brought up a point i, I don't want to get off track here but it, it, it when you said that you asked the players you know were you fouled or were you hacked or whatever the case how often during the course of the season in which you've asked them that 
and they said no, coach. It was it was pretty clean. Has it has has that happened often? Yeah, it, it's happened. But you have to know who you're talking to when you <laughs> okay. deal with it. Yeah. Tangenay, right? Most of the time, if you ask her, she gonna be straight with you. No, coach, I, I, I'd hit it out of bounds. You know, some of the other ones, you know, like 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 the last the last shot to, to design your white head. Uh, just to go into halftime, the shot she took where uh, uh, Jackson was on her, she jumped at the ball, the ball went all up in the air, and it just looked like she was just all off balance with it. You know, I thought it was a foul. When I watched it on film today, I thought it was a foul. And I asked her going into the dressing room, I said, was it a foul? And she walked by me and kind of hesitated. I said, was it a foul? Because I wanted to talk to the fish about it. If it was, she said, coach, yeah, it was a foul, you know. But, you know, <laughs> when I'm dealing with her, it's a little different from Ted Janae, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and um, it obviously it was a tough end of that first quarter. 19-13 started out. The first third of the quarter, really strong. The second part of that first quarter, the 15-4 run, 19-13, Jackson State at the end of the first quarter. What did you think after the first 10 minutes? I mean, we got up to a good start. Then they started knocking down shots. They got the ball inside. Clearly, I mean, last year was Amisha Williams' holiday and just dumping into her. But they've got two and three bigs, different types of different types of bigs that can kind of – they're long, they're – close to the rim, they catch it too deep, it's usually too late defensively. What were you, What could we have done to slow down the post presence? Because if you look at the points in the paint, it was just 20 to 14. Well, my thing is posting, post players didn't beat us. I keep telling people, Coverton, we let we let Martinez got off a little bit more in Boulder. Those are the three people in every game we done played against Jackson State. Those are the three people that gives us problems. But now, understand this. They give us problems because we are concerned about their post players. We are leaving them, you know. And, uh, and after watching the film today, I, I'm telling my kids that, you know, we can't, we can't help as much on the post kids as we've been doing. We can't help off of covering. We can't help off of Martinez. I think our biggest problem in that game was ball pressure. We were, it was no, it was no ball pressure on the person passing, the, making the interest pass to the to the post person. You know, they throwing it over the person that's checking them head, and they throwing it over the person that's checking the post person head. So we got to get up on them more, force them to put the ball on the floor. Most of their post kids don't put the ball on the floor anyway, and we did that the whole game. We just had no ball pressure, and uh, you know, if we. We're fortunate to play them again. You, we're going to change the way we do that. we got to have ball pressure on them. Anytime that ball is dead, uh, with their post players, it don't have to be dead. you got to get up on them, force them to do something other than worry about passing. Make them put on the floor. And I just thought we were just we just didn't do a good job of that. But, you know, once I watched the game and I watched the kid as the quarters went by, we just didn't, we didn't move well. We, didn't, we weren't doing anything well when it, came to, when it comes to the way we like to play. For as where we move, where I press it, you know, where we press, all that different stuff. We just, I don't know, for the lack of a better word, we just didn't have that pep in our step like we normally have. You know what I'm saying? And I think that hurt us because of, but we don't, we didn't have Kiara too. We didn't have Kiara. We didn't have Neil. That's that speed right there. You see that pep more because when we rotate people out, we rotate slower people out and put faster people in. That's why you didn't see us press a lot. People like, you know, I thought oh, I'm gonna press. We didn't have. That's not a pressing team that we had this weekend. I mean, if we had had Kiara, it'd have been different. We could have pressed a little bit more. But I just feel like our ball pressure have to be better. We have to make open shots. I mean, we just missed too many open shots against them. We have to make open shots to keep the game close. And, you know, and the way you keep the score down against them is running your offense. See, we came down. There's nothing wrong with us coming down, running our break, and we got a wide open shot. You know, kids want to take that. But if you ain't making that, you can't take it. You know, uh, Tangent A. Wright is really the only one that I feel comfortable right now taking a wide open shot off the break because she's been consistent in it, and I know why, because she works on it all the time, you know. So uh, we have to control the tempo of the game better, and we did a better job here of controlling the tempo of the game, but we was faster here too. We had, we could press. We could do all that stuff. So that's how you keep the game close is by making them work defensively, making your open shots, and, you know, and just taking care of the ball. We did a better job here than we did there. But our biggest problem there was we didn't pressure the ball and we turned the ball over for no reason. So you have to take care of the ball. We have to pressure the ball, especially the person passing the ball inside. Was it me or uh, early in the game? We talked about Tajanae Wright. She had the hot hand early. Because she had the hot hand, um, was it me or did it seem like we kind of went away from her touches, like the heat checks? You know, you want to keep feeding her until she cools off. But did, did we go away from her or did Jackson take her away? I think Tajanae went away. I mean, she stopped taking shots, you know, because I didn't really realize it. She had 11 points in the in the first half. I think she ended the game with 11. And I think if you look back, 
I think if you look back on that game, I don't even know how many shots she took. I don't even think she took a bunch of shots in this game. But she had opportunities. She took seven shots. She was four of seven and three of four from beyond the arc. How many did she take in the second half? I don't think she took any. It wasn't more, no more than two if she did. That's the problem I have with, with her. But I think there's a reason for that, though. I think she, I think she eventually well, got tired. She was tired. As the game went along, the first quarter she was had a little pep in the step. Second quarter, you could see that pep just, just slow down a little bit. Third quarter, there wasn't any. You know, and 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 they need to be fresh when she's shooting her shot. You know what I mean? She need to be fresh when she's taking those long three point shots and stuff. But uh, as I as I watch the game in my mind and I see the game in my mind, I don't remember her even taking one shot. I could be wrong. I don't even remember her taking one shot in the second half. You know, and she can't do that if we're gonna have a chance because our offense goes to her. The ball's in her hand. It's up to you whether you take that shot. That's that's that green light. You know, so I just think when she's not taking shot, that tells me she's she's winded, she's tired. You know, and I think she got tired early. It was 19-13 at the end of the first quarter, then 21 to 10. Jackson led 40 to 23 at the break. Talk about that second quarter, that 21-10 second quarter. Did we just was the the, the tank pretty much empty at that point? You felt through the second quarter. I think I think we played with a lot of fools gold with that. I think we was we, we was pushing the ball down the floor, getting wide open shots early, because I know Griffin got a lot of wide open shots and she took every one of them. She didn't she didn't make the majority of them, but she took them, and you know so that speeded them up. And, you know we took a quick shot. Now they come back. That's the way Jackson want to play. They want you to take a quick shot. They don't want you to make them play defense for 25 seconds. And that's what we start doing in the second quarter. We start taking quick shots. Now, they, mind you, those are open shots. But if you're not making them, you can't be taking them like that. Now, if you're going to play against a team like Jackson, you can't do it. I mean, if you make them, that's different. That's a different story because you're scoring points. But when you're missing them like that and they're coming back down, getting fouled, we'll fi- they're calling the fouls against us. They're going to the line, making free throws. Are they, are they running at high low and they're getting layups? You know what I mean? And then you you see that going on. You start hepping off Martinez and Covington, and now they start getting threes. You know, But we have to control the tempo of the game when we have the ball in our hand. And, uh, and that's hard to do. I understand that's hard to do when people have wide-open shots. They want to take those shots, you know. Uh, but we have certain people that we feel like should be taking those shots more, you know. And uh, when you take them, I don't care who those people are, you got to be making them. And we just wouldn't. And I think that's what, what caused us to get, get down in the second quarter is simply because we just we started taking quick shots. And we didn't do that here. We didn't take quick shots here. We, we, if it wasn't a layup, we didn't take it. We brought it back. I ran our offense and made Jackson work on defense. And, you know, that's where you beat them. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. You can text a question, 601-301-2611. You can tweet a question, Tall Man Radio. So, Coach, at the half, it was 40-27. to 27. What was the body language? It was a big game, obviously. I mean, considering how the game here was, was very competitive, it was 40-23 to 23 at the break. You walk in the locker room, you look at your players, you're looking in their eyes. What was their body language telling you through the first 20 minutes there? Honestly, they they were exhausted, and that was that was the that was the scary part for me. You know, we're exhausted, and it's we only played a half of basketball. You know, normally when we when we were down like that, you can see the sadness because we're down, but you don't see it in their in their movement in their body. You know what I mean? I could see it in their body that. You know, like uh, what Scott was saying that you know she didn't have. I don't feel. I don't have my legs. I can't. I don't feel like I can. I can move. You know what I mean? When you have that problem, you you know you got a bigger issue then. When you got people talking about they don't feel like they can move there, and they feel like they're moving, but they're not moving. You know, they know it. You know what I mean? Not cutting people off and stuff like that. And I and that's early for that to be happening. You know what I mean? I can see it's late in the fourth quarter, but it was happening early for us. So that third quarter was twenty-three to fourteen. What were you trying to figure out in terms of – I thought we tried to turn them over a little bit. You know, you, you look at the final numbers. Um, Jackson State just had 12 turnovers. So, to your point, not having key people in to be able to force those turnovers and, 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 and put your press on just 12 turnovers, I thought we would probably – obviously, you would have probably come out the door with it and just kind of force more opportunities. So talk about that third quarter. You were just trying to rotate players in, get different combinations in, just trying to find any kind of spark. Yeah, that's basically what we were trying to do. And, you know, most most of those turnovers came in the first quarter too, Charles, because we ran our little half-court trap. We stole it from a couple of times. And, and a lot of those turnovers from them, they traveled a couple of times. You know, they weren't from, uh, stealing the ball from them. You know, but uh, 
and you're trying to make you're trying to make certain substitutions and stuff. And uh, but I'm knowing all the time we can't press like we want to. We're trying to disguise stuff. We get in our two-two-one, but we relay pressing out of. We're just trying to slow them up. We're running our half-court trap. You know, we're a little bit more aggressive out of this, especially with certain people in the game. But you know. And in that game, in that game, we knew we couldn't run it because we had certain people in the game. Normally, we take those people out and bring our pressure team in. We know what we could do out of that, and uh, it's just it's just very difficult to do that. And you know, you really don't want to play them man to man to man to the what they they, they know you playing the man to man because they gonna they gonna really find ways to put you in in in, in trouble when it comes to their bigs, you know. But uh, I thought our kids. Uh, they was trying, you know. Don't get me wrong. They they, they was trying. It wasn't like there was a lack of effort. It just a, they just couldn't. It uh, couldn't get what they was reaching for, you know. And when that happens, you know, it's it's it's, a, it's, it's more to it than just the game itself. Forty-four thirty-one on the boards. Oh, they had six threes. In your mind, do you? There's a very good chance we'll see Jackson again um, in in the first round. I mean, we'll, we'll look at the standings, obviously, but. You know, getting in as an A Jackson State right now, I mean, they're 13-1. and one. Bama State and Alabama A&M on their heels right now. Uh, they are two and a half games up uh, with just a handful of games left. So Jackson's in the driver's seat to be that number one seed and to win the regular season, and we're just trying to make the top eight. So there's a very good possibility we might see them again. UAPB might struggle and drop. We go to Pine Bluff to end the regular season. That could be for the seventh seed. Let's get in first, but a seventh seed is definitely within reach if some other things happen. Um, but is, is Jackson State a three-point shooting team? Is for all we talk about, their bigs and what they do in the paint. And they had a half a dozen threes. Is, is that their game? Was we just They just were open, and they had a good – or fairly decent evening from behind the arc. Well, you you know they they are capable of of of, of being a good three point shooting team because they take a lot of threes now. I mean they have a good inside game too. But Martinez gonna get her shot. Uh, uh, Covington's gonna get her shots, and then both of them shoot threes. And every now and then Lucky's gonna take gonna take her shot. She hit a couple threes on us, I think, maybe one on us. And uh, Hunter, when she comes in the game, she's gonna take her shot. All those kids are three point shooters. That's what makes their post so good because they got. They're surrounding them with shooters, you know. And and, uh, and and to me, the MVP of the league, in my mind, is Boulder. Boulder's been playing better better basketball than anybody in the league. And uh, she can shoot the three. She can put it on the floor. She makes them – she the one that really makes them so dangerous because she's going to do her job. She's going to box out. She's going to rebound. And she's going to make her open look. She's going to put it on the floor. She's a great defender. I mean, she has the total package. And uh, Coverton, Martinez, Boulder, them three right there, they're going to spread you out. Well, you talk about Bowler, she had just seven points and three rebounds. So from a scoring perspective, we kind of held her in check. Leading the way for Jackson State, you talked about Covington. Again, why is she just a tough matchup for us? It's not necessarily her. If we were just concerned about her, we could control it. It's the post players that makes her a tough matchup for us because we're trying to help. And that's what I'm talking about when we play them again. We're not going to help as much. We're going to make them beat us. You know, if we play Jackson again, we're going to make their post player show us they can beat us with two, not three. Because that's how Martinez and Covenant and Boulder get their points. Because everybody's trying to sag in and keep you from getting that high low. You know what I mean? Because their post players are one-on-one -on -one with your post player. You know, so that's how they – their posts make their guards good. Their guards make their posts good. You know, that's why I tell you they're not a dominant team. They're a good team. It didn't matter what they had. William, you could you could do whatever you want to do. When she got the ball, she was going to score. You know what I mean? They are just a good team when it comes to having a good outside game and a good inside game. But we're going to concentrate more if we have to play them again. We'll concentrate more on their inside game. Let their inside people show us. We can score consistently because I don't think – they can just constantly score consistent on you if you pressure the ball and you and you front a half in the post. You know, but you start leaving them guards, you open you open the floodgates for a big for a big quarter, a big you know a big half against you. So that's what that's the only way I can see you can play them and, and have a chance. It's almost like a pick your poison type oh, of deal. Absolutely. You if you sag in on the post, then you give up the perimeter. If you guard the perimeter, then you dump it into the post. So. You, to get something, you got to give up something. Is there is there a middle ground there somewhere, or is it just it's got to be out on the perimeter here or in the painted area? Well, I, I, <laughs> our middle ground has got to be up. We'd have tried the same thing twice against them, and it didn't work. So we got to do something different. I mean, we got to get to the point that's seeking the post, seeking the post, score that shot consistently. Because we have a pretty good block shot blocker. We have we have one of the 
top shot blockers in the conference down there dealing with those big posts too now. So we got to give her a chance. And that's what that's the scary part about it is we don't want her to get in foul trouble either. We don't want her to be on the bench in the second quarter or the first quarter because she's trying to block their shots and stuff. And that's the tough part about it. We're trying to find a way we can help off of her because once they get the ball at the, at the top, you can't. You don't have no help then. It's just. It's just the person at the top, and they got you spread it out now. And it's hard to help off of that. So you got to put more pressure on that ball. You got to force them to put it on the floor. It seemed to me that you know. I know we want to try to get inside the Destiny Brown, uh, Reed, and others. Try to get the inside game going. It just we we had to settle for a lot of jump shots. Did we have to settle for that, or what was, what was the case there? Because I. We want to get it inside, obviously. We want to work the inside as well. But it just seemed like it was hard to get anything there inside. Was that Jackson State? That's the, that's the style of defense Jackson State plays. Mm -hmm. They want you to shoot everything over them. And the way they play it, you don't have no other choice because they ain't going to let you have your back door. They're going to let you receive it in front. And then now if you can drive around them or shoot over them, they're they going to contest. If you make it, you're going to beat them. But not, you know, with the post player, they ain't front of your post. They're going to let you receive because they're all tall. They're going to make you shoot over them. If you make it, you can beat them. But if you don't make it, you know, they, they stand a great chance of blocking your shot. They're 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, you know, and they got long arms. So that's a that's a smart way to play. But what you have to do against them is pull those posts out to the elbow and you see Destiny trying to drive on them. And that's why I think she was getting fouled at. That's, you know, that's why I was complaining to the fish about it. Every time she put the ball on the floor, you riding up, riding up with your lower body. And, you know, the fish is watching up here. But the lower body is all up under her. And that's what I was complaining about because that's the advantage you have. Bring them out and drive on them. You know, because they're going to contest all your jump shots. And every now and then they'll play so far off of you, you get a wide open jump shot. But, you you know, what teams, what team makes, what team post players make a lot of jump shots? You know, Nene makes them for us, but they're going to come up on her and force her to drive. Lady Braves fall 81 to 49. And, Coach, looking at the final numbers, we put up, despite all of that, we put up 66 shots. So what does that tell you in terms of you running your stuff and getting what you want? Well, that's the sign that you're running down and taking quick shots. Okay. That's 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 the biggest sign right there. You're running down, you're taking quick shots. Yeah. And I know why we I know why we do it because we, we, we don't wanna have to deal with their defense contesting our shots all the time. So we encourage that, but we encourage people like Nene to be taking that, Claytor to be taking that shot. People and even even a white white can make that shot consistent. We don't want someone just coming down and taking that shot to be taking that shot. We would like for it to be a a layup or a short jump shot, not taking those long three-point shots. That's why we had so many shots. So we had our opportunities. We just wasn't making them, you know, and that's the difference in the game. Lady Braves fall 81-49 to 49 in that game. Uh, Coach, a couple of players in double figures. Uh, Destiny Brown at double-figure rebounds, seven points and ten rebounds, minus 13 on the boards, uh, leading the way. Tajanae Wright, you talked about it, 11 points right off the bat, and then following behind her, Zania White with 10. You know, Zania White kind of told me, look, I'm going to give you 14-7 and seven Saturday, 14.7 rebounds. I'm sure if she gave you that, you would feel really good about it. She gave you 10, 10 points in the game. So the boards, Coach, 31 for the Lady Braves, 44 for Jackson State. It was obviously tough sledding there trying to get second-chance opportunities. Um, we had 16 second-chance points. We were plus seven there, so we got some – Second chance opportunities. Yeah, and, and a lot of that because of Cheatham. Cheatham gonna she's gonna she's gonna hang around that offensive board a lot. She's gonna get her hand on a lot of balls. She's gonna she's gonna tip a lot of balls out. But we gotta we gotta try to close that gap a little bit more. You know, at least at least try to close it to seven or six. And then we okay because you, we don't expect to out rebound them. They just they too tall and you know too big for us to out rebound them. But I think we have to close that gap on the rebounding side a little bit more. Speaking of rebounds, and obviously you want to try to improve the post. I mean, we've got Destiny Brown, who's been terrific. you got Cheatham, who's been good. you got DeAsia Reed, who's been good. Uh, Tanae Griffin, you've got Ford. Um, just talk about the post play overall. I mean, you, you look at a team like Jackson State, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", in the post. I mean, that's unusual for conference teams to have that much depth in quality and quantity. I mean, they can go with a 6'6", 6'5", 6'4", 6'3". You don't see that too often in this league. In terms of, you know, what you're looking at in the future to try to bolster that, um, you happy with your posts in terms of just doing what you can to make them better in the post? Or, you know, how tough is it to get the 6'5"s? You know, we, you know, I just I go back throughout the course of history, Tasha Hollis, who was, you know, you remember Tasha Hollis at 6'5", 6'6", 
we could just go on. Crystal Kitt, Alabama State 6'6", six, yeah. six, Space Eater. We, we try to get those type of players. Are they hard to come by? Are they hard to find? you got the transfer portal. Uh, talk a little bit about that aspect of it because in the backcourt, you, you've got you've got the, the smalls, as former coach Larry Smith likes to say, the smalls, and you got the mids. But then you want to bolster the post. Yeah, but, you know, when you start talking about recruiting, a lot, a lot of other things come into play when you start talking about that because, uh, uh, you know, we recruit some of the same kids Jackson State recruit, and, you know, and there are other circumstances which they – why they decide to go there and why they decide to go to Alabama State and why they decide to go to Prairie View over Alcorn, you know. It's because we don't offer the same thing that they offer. You know, we constantly, we're constantly trying to get, we, we are, we're recruiting the best players in the country. You know, we're trying to get some of those kids that, that play at the Power 5 school, but there's a reason why they don't come to us. They're, and there's a reason why kids do come to us. You know, for us to be able to get a player like Destiny Brown, it, it's scary, to be honest with you, because uh, she could have won a lot of, she could have went just about anywhere she wanted to go, but we had, you know, we had some close friendship already on the team, and that helped us got her. But if that, without her, we probably wouldn't have got Destiny. But that's the that's the way the, the you know that's the way the the pool of recruits sitting out there. That's just the way it is. We we understand that we don't have certain things that we can offer recruits, and we have to deal with that. You know, but at the same time, don't think we ain't trying to get some of these other kids that some of the people, some of the people that Jackson State is getting, and, and some of the people that Pine Bluff is getting. You know, we it's just a matter of what you know what their interests are. You yeah. know, and it's always tough like that. But we feel like we need we, we feel like we need one more big, and we feel like we need a big guard. We need a big point guard. You know, we could get bigger at the point guard and get bigger at the four five. Either one of them, just four or five, we get a little bigger there. We, we, we feel like we're in, a good, we're in a good space, but we got to get bigger there. And we feel like we need to get a bigger point guard because that size always matter. You know what I mean? Most teams, why they got – most teams, why they're a good rebounding team is because their guards rebound. Their point guard rebound. You know, you look at Southern. You watch Fleming. Fleming for Southern, the left-handed kid for Southern. She's going to rebound the basketball. She's one of their better rebounders, you know, and it's, it's, she's one of their better rebounders because she has a little size with her. You know, our guards are small, you know. And so that's an area that we feel like we got to get uh, better in. We got we got to get better in, in, in at the point guard position when it comes to size. And we got to get better in on, at, with our four and five for athleticism is concerned. And I think once we add one, one or two people there uh, and with the kids that we got coming back, which we have all of them coming back, uh, we'll we, – we, we in front of what we thought we was going to be. We just got to get this, this. This recruiting period for us, which we don't have a lot of scholarships, is important. The one person that we sign, it's going to be, it's going to be important to us. You know, so we got to make sure that we sign the right person that fits this group. What, what's the optimal size? You said we have to get bigger. So we, we know what our size has looked like. What, what is an optimal size in terms of, of increasing the height of the backcourt going forward? I was like five nine, five eight point guard, you know. You know, and I, our backcourt is okay from the two three, cause we got Cheatham at the three, we got we got White at the at the two, we got our twos and threes are okay. We just small at the point position, you know, and uh, cause we could easily move people around. With uh, you'll see uh, Tanae Griffin playing more three now. She's about six feet, so we okay there for a size is concerned. But but can those people get their own shots? Are they good outside shooters? You know, all that stuff comes into play. We just want to get a little bigger because we, we feel good with our two little small point guards. But, you know, there are times when it's easy for cover to get a shot of a small point guard. might not be as easy as when, when Cheatham is playing uh, the, the front of our, our 31. And now you got to shoot over her. So that all that stuff is important. And people, don't, people that don't know basketball don't understand all of that, you know. And, 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 and our little small guards create problems for people because when we're pressing, you know what I mean? But there are times when people create problems for us because we are small in that position. Well, speaking of Cheatham, she really is coming on strong the last couple, two, three weeks. I mean, every game she's giving you more and more. Well, she's starting to play like, you know, what we expected from her when, when we signed her. Uh, she, that, that, that injury, that finger injury really hurt her, uh, made her sit out all those games. And she's just kind of getting back in her group, to be honest with you. You know, she's going to be – well, she's got two more years here. Uh, she's going to be something to deal with before she leaves here. Her, her, her jump shot is going to get better. Uh, she just got so many phases of her game that she, she can improve. You know, she ain't nowhere near what she's capable of being. And that, that's, could be, that's scary because she's pretty good right now. 
Um, I look at someone like Ashanti Backus getting more and more minutes. She played 10 minutes and changed the other day. Um, the quickness, the decision-making. Talk about that and, and where you are with her, giving her more minutes, more opportunities in, in critical situations and games. Um, talk about how she's getting more comfortable in your offense and defensively. Well, you know, the thing about it is just, it's just she just needs more playing time. I don't know you remember now. You remember when uh, uh, Kayla was out and we playing Bethune-Cookman here. Ashanti had to play 30-some minutes. She played well for those 30-some minutes because she wasn't looking over her shoulder thinking that we're going to pull her because we know we got we got Kayla. You know, and I think that's important that, that, that we find a way. Because the, the shot she missed against Jackson, all her jump shots, she's, she's capable of making that shot. She works on that shot. And she missed three of them, which I thought she was going to make because that's her shot. And uh, But I think that's just all a matter of confidence and uh, and. Uh, Every now and then I have to let her know, you know, that was a good shot. You just keep working, you know what I mean? Because I think she needs that right now. And, uh, it's just uh, – it's, but she's still learning, though. She's still learning our offense. She don't know our offense like Kayla do. Kayla know our offense inside out. She's, it's still new to her. At certain, at certain time, you'll see her out of position on defense. You'll see her not run the offense the way it was supposed to be, be ran, you know. But overall, she's going to be she's gonna be what we need to uh, to grow and to get better. And uh, But – we just got to give her more playing. Find, we got to find a way to get her more playing time. You talked about who we didn't have, and we didn't have Henderson. What's her status? Uh, we didn't see her um, on Saturday. What's her status going forward? She had a good practice today. So uh, she, she, she's. Yes, me. I still see it. You know, I'm messing with her today. I said, still limping a little bit. She said, No, I'm not cold. You know, but she, I think she's going to be okay. I, I look forward to her. Uh, practicing the rest of this week and, and on Saturday being being in full strength and I know she's not gonna be full but she'll be close to being full, you know. Uh but she looks good and she looked good in uh practice today. She was doing those things that we didn't have in Jackson, making those steals, finishing at the bucket. So, you know, she'll be a great you know, great access to us on Saturday. Is this the same injury that she re-aggravated, or is this a different type of injury? It's it, it's pretty much the same two injuries. You know, she had an ankle injury, and she still got that knee soreness. So it's basically the same injury. Just uh, you know, it take time off. That's the only way most of those injuries gonna heal. You get a little time off, and I think that these couple of days helped her. It was the time off for sure. Lady Braves lost by the score of 81 to 49. So is this one of those games, Coach? And I know there's a very good possibility. It's not definite. Standing still have to be shaken up a little bit, especially at the bottom. We've got Pine Bluff. You got us. You got Grambling. We have the tiebreaker on Grambling. We go to Pine Bluff. You don't know what's going to happen. I think a seven seed is on paper. We can we can make that happen. Well, we got to handle our business. Some other things have to happen. We control the eight seed because we beat Grambling. We're in a tie for eighth, but we have the eight seed. Uh, the Jackson State game, this game this past Saturday, is this one of those where you just burn the burn the film up? Burn the stat sheet up. You you said you looked at some film, so obviously it was still on your mind. Is this one though that you kind of put in your rearview mirror? And if we play Jackson again, come next Saturday night at ten o'clock, once you kind of know how these things are going to go, that we're going to be the eight seed, we're going to take on the one seed. Jack, even though Jackson got some work to do to be the one seed, I think they're playing really well. Or they're playing really well right now. Is this? This past Saturday, is this just a, a, a stat sheet you just got to throw in the garbage and just, you know, chalk it up? Well, you know, it's it, it's a game that we'll if we have end up playing, then we'll watch again. You know, if we end up playing Jackson in the tournament, we'll watch it and we'll talk about some of the things that we feel like could help us doing the game we, if we do better. Uh, but, I mean, we're not caught up in the game. I mean, we passed the game. Believe me, we, we're ready for Purdue. We're concentrating on them right now. You know, uh, we don't want those kids, uh, you know, feeling sorry for themselves, you know, because we, we lost to Jackson. We're we, we moving on because we know how important it, how important it is that we we move on because uh, uh, we come in here uh, uh, feeling sorry for ourselves on Saturday, period, we go whoop us. So we, it's no time for that. And we, we, we're pretty good at getting past games. I think the game would have been tougher for us to get past if we had lost about one point than it was for us the way we lost at Jackson. I think it's easier to get past that, you know, because you don't want to remember that, you know what I mean? So I think uh, – uh, I think it's gonna it's gonna help us prepare better for Southern because we got beat the way we did. I think we'll it make us refocus a little bit better. And uh, but the game is way it's in our rearview mirror, mirror, no doubt about it. What was the, I mean? I know fans were excited. It was a good turnout in Jackson um, on on Saturday, um, and so obviously we played them close here, had some chances here. So I think that got a lot of people's antennas up. Like hey. You know, we can get it done here and, and make it close. What was the biggest difference 
in Saturday's game versus the first meeting between these two teams right here? I think the biggest difference was 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 real simple to see. Our energy level, we didn't have any. I mean, even in the first quarter, we played, we shot the ball okay in the first quarter, but, but we didn't have any energy in that. We didn't have any energy in that entire ball game. We was on the court, but there was no energy out there on the court, you know. And for that to be a rivalry game, that tells me that there's more to it than just this game, you know. We didn't have any energy. We didn't play with no energy in that. I seen us play bad before. I seen us shoot bad before, but I never seen us with that lack of energy like we had at Jackson. That we just we had none. So the, the obvious question I'm sure people are wondering, like, it's a big rivalry game. I thought the first three and a half minutes when we were up nine to four, we had the energy, and then it just kind of went the other way. So I guess the obvious question people might wonder is, why is it we didn't have any energy? Well, my thing is, you saw us making shots earlier. The energy level still wasn't high. We was just making shots. If we had been making our shots, with the, we, was, we had been making them open shots, and uh, you would have thought our energy level was up then. Up then. But we just missing those open shots, you know. Honestly, honestly, I have to look back on 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 things like the way we traveled before the game. You know, we were we were we rode the bus to to fam. You wish when AD he he wore me out about flying. He said, Nate, I think you should fly. I didn't listen to him. I probably should have. I you think know? I mentioned it. You, mean, you yeah, you <laughs> mentioned it too. But you know, I I was doing what I thought was best for us going to play those games, and we played well up there. We played well enough to win both of those games. Yeah. We don't win one. But you know what? I didn't realize that bus trip. That you start looking at looking at the Bethune, and you start talking about it's a twelve hour. When you get through stopping to use the bathroom and to eat and do all that stuff, you're talking about a 15 to 16 hour trip. And then when you come back, you're talking about a seven and a half to eight hour trip back from from Tallahassee. It turns into a 12 or 13 hour trip. And we didn't get back here to late, and, you know. And you can start feeling it. You know what? You can start feeling it that the day they supposed to head off, they spend it on the bus. And then the next day, you know, we walked through. We didn't really do anything because we were trying to let them get their legs back. And then, and then we practiced Friday. And then you play early Saturday. You get up at – we get up – kids had to get up by 6 o'clock because we left at 7. They had to get up for that, really. So that's that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. And for us to have the lack of energy that we had, I had to look back at what I did. I had to – Look at myself on that. You know, I, that was a bad decision. You know, once I look at it, it was a bad decision overall. I just feel like – I just think we would have played with – we might not have won the game, but I think we would have played with a lot more energy because in my entire time here dealing with, with, with Lady Braves basketball, I had never seen us play with that kind of energy, lack of energy. Yeah. You know, even when we were playing bad, Charles, we always played hard. You know, you could see the energy level. We hustling for ball, we dying for ball. And I know Kiara Henderson and uh, and Neil had something to do with that too. Now, cause they're not in the game. They're much quicker. You know what I mean? But overall, I just I just didn't feel like we had the the, the, the pep in our step that we needed. Uh, we would have had if we had uh, did things differently. Well, we'll take a break right here. Put the Jackson State game in our rearview mirror. We might see them again. Very good possibility. The Lady Braves still have a shot. At the seven seed, it's going to take a little bit of work. And Pine Bluff, obviously, that game to end the regular season. Jackson still has some work to do as well to w to win the regular season and be the one seed. So don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but just want to make it to the top eight and just see what happens. We'll take a break here. What is going to happen is that we have Preview coming in here. We have Texas Southern coming in here. So we'll look ahead to that. When we come back, we'll look at the standings as well. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back after this. Time out here on the Nate Kilbert Show. I got it. I got it, too. Of course I got it. Did you get it? Still unsure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine? Get the facts. Sign up and get your vaccine today. And let's stop COVID in its tracks. It's on you. Learn about why other people like you got it and how you can get it at igotitms.com. This message is brought to you by the Jackson Heart Study Community Engagement Center. And the Mississippi SEAL Team. No one can control the weather, but Southwest Electric is ready to respond when a storm strikes. Southwest Electric has dispatchers working and linemen on call 24-7 to respond to outages. Our men are sent out to repair damage and get the lights back on just as soon as it is safe to go out. You can report outages by calling 800-287-8564 or logging on to Smart Hub. Southwest Electric is serving our cooperative members for over 80 years. An equal opportunity provider and employer. All right, welcome back to the Nate Kilbert program. Glad you could join us here on this uh, Tuesday. 
as we get ready for our final two home games of the year. So let's look at the standings. Uh, Jackson State 13-1, and Bama State and Alabama A&M tied for second place at 11-4. and Prairie View in fourth place at 10-5. and You have Southern at 9-5, and Bethune-Cookman 9-6, and UAPB a seven seed at 8-7, and and we are 6-8. and uh, UAPB plays Valley this week. They're off next Monday, and then we've got UAPB uh, as well, the UAPB as Alcorn and Jackson State to end the regular season. So we have four games left. UAPB has three games left. So we're tied with Grambling for eighth place at six and eight. We have a tiebreaker by virtue of the fact that we beat Grambling head up. So, Coach, when you look at these standings right now, I mean, you, you were telling me just right before we went on, a six seed is still, you know, in realistic. On paper, you can draw up the scenarios in which we can get there. I'm just trying to make the top eight. <laughs> and, you know, and I, you know, I just – it was hard for me last year walking into the arena at Birmingham to say, you know what, were we one of the four worst teams in the conference last year? And we weren't we there. Were. And people were asking, <laughs> why were the Lady Braves not here? And I'm, the, I'm saying to myself, why were we not here? Because I felt like we played well enough at times. But, you know, as they say, your record is your record and all that. But – you know, we, we, we control our fate in terms of going to the postseason. We just have to take care of our business. Yeah, yeah, we do. But, you know, you're talking about last year, team. We were not a tournament team last year. And we weren't close to being one. I mean, I'm just being honest with you, after losing Diamond Hall, Deja Mitchell, we was not a tournament team. We had some big wins last year by beating Purview, but that team did – that team – Last year played as hard as they could. They gave us everything they had. We just didn't have the personnel. You know, we was fortunate to win some of the games that we won. But uh, they, they gave us everything they had. That's all you can ask for them, especially after losing all the kids who were starters for us. You know, it's just no way that team could. It would have shocked me if we had made it. You know, I knew what that team was. I thought they played well uh, under the circumstances. But we was not a tournament team, not, not top eight. Are you a coach that's a believer? You hear the phrase, you are what your record says it is. If, 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 if you owe, you're 0-8, that's what you are. You're 0-8, you're an 0-8 team. Do you, are you a believer in you are what your record says it is? Well, somewhat, because it's true. <laughs> it's true. But at the same time, I don't look at a team. I'm just, for example, like Texas Southern, Mississippi Valley. They are a better team than what they record say they are. Now, is that their record? Yeah, but they – Keep thinking that and coming in and playing them that way, and you'll find out they'll give you an L on your, on your record because they are a better team than what they – both of those teams are better than what their record indicate. All right, so let's look here at what we have coming up. Uh, we've got the Texas teams coming in, Texas Southern and Prairie View, and it starts with Prairie View. Quiet, as they say, quiet as it's kept. Sandy Pugh's team 10-5, and five, and they're right there. Uh, you know, they beat Jackson at Prairie View. So Sandy Pugh's team rolls in here. And, of course, Coach, we know what happened. Um, uh, I think you know, I'm going to pull this up right here for people who um, who remember that first go-round here. I'm pulling it up right now. For those that remember the first go-round, it was a game that uh, we had in our sights. It came down to the final second. So let, let's kind of re relive what happened there at Prairie View. Kayla Billow at the line. Two, oh, they do add some time. 2.7 remaining. First free throw is up. No, she pushed it long. She's got another free throw coming up. 2.7 remaining. The Panthers do not have any more timeouts. Kayla Billow waiting for the basketball. She's got it. Three dribbles. Shot is up. And it, that's no good. And now we've got a whistle and a foul with a second left. Rosenthal was fouled. Long rebound. She got it. We're just pushing up the court. And I think she was content to send this into overtime. And Watkins commits the foul. And with one second left, the Panthers have a chance to grab the lead. Rosenthal steps to the line for the first time. This evening, I think the Panthers were just content to go to overtime. But Rosenthal was fouled by Watkins. And Rosenthal, with the second left, will have a chance to give the Panthers the lead. The Lady Braves do not have any timeouts. Rosenthal, a 70% free throw shooter on the year. No one on the line for Prairie View. 
First free throw is up. Got it. Panthers by one. One second remaining. We got four Lady Braves on the line. No timeout. Second is up. Air ball out of bounds to the Lady Braves. I think she was just trying to catch iron. Miss it on purpose. But she shot an air ball. Well, the Lady Braves got to go full length of the court. Down one. No timeouts. Tajane Wright's got to check in. Man, this will be very tough loss for the Lady Braves to absorb. Kayla Billow at the line, missed two. Foul. A player with one second left. Now the Lady Braves got to go the full length of the floor with one second left. And they got to throw it long. Tajane Wright throws it long. And this ball is knocked away. And that will do it. That will do it, Coach. That's a painful sequence right there in the final seconds. I mean, I, I hate to replay that, but uh, just for, for those who didn't know how what happened when we played them, it's just I'm shaking in my boots right now. Because that's, that's if we had that, if we could have got that one, then I'd feel a lot better about where we are because that could have led to some other wins, yeah. I, I thought. Yeah. But absolutely, game awareness, game situations, late game situations, I know you continue to work on those. And, yeah. and, and that was a tough one to first go around. It, was, it hurt more listening to it then than it, than it did when we first lost it. That, that was painful. I mean, I didn't, know what we, I didn't know whether or not we could recover from that, to be honest with you, Charles. But we did. We recovered from it. And we, we played pretty good the next couple of ball games. Games, but that's a, that was a tough loss. I mean, it could have it could have turned our our whole season in a, in a bad direction, you know. But uh, we recovered from it okay. I thought when we came back and won two games at home, I think. And uh, but you know, it was just a tough loss. Just a tough loss. So when you look at this Prairie View team, as we mentioned, ten and five with uh, Taylor Hutchison, Smith, Kennedy, Paul, and Jessica Sodders. Those will probably be the starters on Saturday. Uh, what what's the one thing we have to do better uh, against Prairie View? I mean, all of what happened, we had a shot on the road. Tough place to play. Uh, what was it about? You know, I think the turnovers. We caused them to turn it over that first go around, and I think we have to kind of hopefully Henderson will be ready to go, and you'll, yeah. you'll be able to at least turn your press on a little bit and cause them to turn it over. Yeah, I think that was the key of the game. We, we, we the last uh, five minutes of the game, we, we forced them to turn the ball over a lot. You know, uh, I think uh, one one of the biggest things in that in that in that game was you know the fact that we were able to uh, create a situation in the half court for them where we took them out of their offense. You know, Hurd is the Hurd is the person that that hurt us in that game though. You know, it wasn't Rosenthal. It was Hurd. Hurd made those big shots on us, those big three point shots too. When they were struggling scoring the ball, she was the one that was. Able able to pull them through, you know. And then her, you know, she, Rosa thought she's going to, at some point, she's going to hurt you. She's going to make a big play for you. And then she did it right at the end of the game. But I think if we do a better job of, of, uh, 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 putting them in situations where they are not so smooth running their offense because they like to be comfortable running their offense. You know, when you can take them out of being comfortable running their offense, you got a chance to beat them. I mean, once you just let them pass the ball, cut and all that different stuff, you got to do something to them to create problem for them running their offense and then uh, because they're not a great defensive team you're going to get what you want against them it's, it's a matter of whether or not you're making it or not and i think that's that's going to be one of the biggest issues it's already been promoted on social media saturday is senior day correct yes so talk about that talk about just the seniors playing their final home games here yeah, well, you know, our seniors are, are really not seniors. They're going to be coming back next year. But just in case, we always have to honor them as being seniors because they might get on the transfer portal. They might not. They might choose not to come back. But the, uh, Tangenae Wright, Neil McCarthy, uh, Kalo Bello, and uh, Stewart, they are, they are going to be our four seniors. And uh, we're going to honor them. I think we're going to do it before the game. And, um, and so, you know, those kids will still have the opportunities just tell us they're coming back next year. And we're pretty sure they are, but we have to still, because they they'll play four years. You know, this will be their this will be their fifth year. Uh, uh, next year will be their fifth year. So we're going to honor them, and hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll be back, and we'll have our whole team back, and we'll be solid. We just need to add a couple pieces to it. Well, best case scenario for the Lady Braves, we can make the tournament leaving here on Monday night at about 11 o'clock. If we win, if we win these two at home and Grambling drops two, 
then we're in because we have the tie break. Graham would have to finish ahead of us, and that wouldn't happen. It would take three games, three wins, and that only a couple of games left. So best-case scenario, Coach, I'm very, very, very positive about it. Let's get these, and then let's just see where things go. Yeah, if we take care of our own business, I think it is, I think everything's going to be all right. I think I think we could be as high as a sixth seed, a sixth or seventh seed, and I think that'll be good. We'll see what happens. Coach, we appreciate right. it. Thank you, Charles. Appreciate it. That's Lady Braves head coach Nate Kilbert, the Nate Kilbert program here on 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org and Facebook Live, the WPRL Facebook page. We'll take a two-minute break right here. Landon Bussey is coming up next. Big win by the Braves. They're the hottest team in the conference. They're trying to protect first place with two big games coming up here. Texas Southern and his former place of employment, Prairie View, coming in here. They're playing well these days as well. So we'll talk all about that after this two-minute timeout. We'll be right back. 